What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good evening, witches, warlocks, sorcerers, adepts, friends, fans, family, and followers to the newest episode of Knights of the Nephilim podcast brought to you by Celestial Oddities Radio. As always, I will be your tour guide on this mystic and mysterious journey that we call magic. My name is Reverend Freder Crow, and I want to thank you for listening in tonight. Whether you're listening live, streaming after the fact, or you've downloaded it to your device for on the go, I want to thank you for your support and patronage. Just make sure you click the like, share, and follow button on whatever platform you're listening to us from, from iTunes to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Deezer, Spreaker, CastBox, you name it, Amazon, Google, we're on all of it. So make sure you listen where you feel most comfortable, but while you do so, click those buttons. Helps move us up the podcast community rankings, allows more people to discover the show, keeps you in the loop with all episodes as they air, and gives you unfiltered access to everything that we have here on the show. If you're new to the show, what this is about, this is Knights of the Nephilim, and what we bring to you is each and every other week, I should say, not every week, but each and every other week, we, from 8 to 9.30 p.m., interview and talk with some of the biggest and best names in the occult, from ritual toolmakers to authors to theologians to practitioners and everything in between, picking their brain, finding out who they are, what they're about, their practice, and much, much more. So, you know, if you are a fan of the occult, the esoteric, and mysticism, certainly a lot to listen to on this show. We've had a lot of great guests in the past, certainly have a lot more lined up for the future. Tonight we have a great episode for Samhain, and we are going to be talking with the one and only Alistair Nacht, and I am very excited to bring him onto the show. But before we do that... If uh, you were listening last episode, I had mentioned that we are making a change in the timing of the show. So this is the last episode where we will be from 8 to 9.30 p.m. It'll be from 8.30 to 10 p.m. starting in November. So if you're listening out there and you're used to the time, hopefully this doesn't throw you off too much. I apologize for the change, but with things going on in life, it's always a rush to try to make the 8 o'clock hour. That extra half an hour does quite a bit for me, surprisingly. So 8.30 to 10 for this show on Nights of the Nephilim. In my other show, Celestial Oddities, where we talk about the supernatural and paranormal, we will be doing 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. Um, and we stagger them each and every week. So this is every other week, and that shows every other week in between. If you do miss, don't fret. You can always jump back and listen to it after the fact and stream it or download it to your device, like we said, so you never actually have to miss a thing, which is nice. 
Now, if you've missed our past episodes, this is season two. So we've had a lot of great guests last season. Like I said, this season has been a doozy so far and a lot of great guests. You know, and tonight we're on episode eight. Um, so, you know, we're, we're heavily into the season. Got about four to five more episodes before we wrap up season two and begin to gear up for season three. We do want to thank our sponsors, Limitless Liberation, Goetic Impressions, uh, Belladonna's Botanicals, The Telemancer, Arsenosis, and Aragni Arcane Services for everything that they do for the show. Um, if you are not familiar with who these companies are, throughout the night tonight, we will take little breaks to give highlights to them, tell you how they got started, what they're about, and where you can check out their great tools and wares. So stick around for that. Um, but without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and jump into a little bit of a bio on Elster, and then we're going to go ahead and jump right into this amazing inter- interview. So, Elister Nacht is a theistic Satanist, Satanic Magus, and leader of a regional coven compromising or comprising of numerous groups located in Florida. With a modern view of Satanism, he brings the darkness to life in a variety tang- in a very tangible way. His books have found favor with a multitude of searchers crossing over demographics and geographic boundaries. And I certainly attest to that. Someone that I was very excited, if you heard me talk about last episode, to bring on to the show. Someone I personally am a huge fan of. So folks, make sure you light your ritual candles, grab your ceremonial cloaks and daggers, your magical grimoires and pens, and step into the circle as we summon the power that is Alistair Nacht. normal mind can imagine. Something even more terrible than you. Now my deformed friend. Like all quantities, horror is its ultimate. And I'm that. There is a horror beyond yours. And it's in there. Locked behind that door. Well, all right, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode. We are very excited to have on Alistair Nacht and going to have a wonderful discussion. Brother, thank you so much for coming on to the phone with me tonight. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, not a problem. I'm excited to to pick your brain a little bit. It's always my favorite part of these shows is when I get to sit with someone like yourself and just kind of see what makes you tick, how you got started, and a little bit more about you personally. As a personal fan of your work over the years, I've read many of your books, and you get to know someone through their words in their in their writings, but to actually get the chance to speak with them is a whole different ballgame. So I appreciate that, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Oh, I know it. So we have uh, comments already rolling in. So thank you to everybody who is commenting in. If you are listening out there, as I said before, you can tune in from anywhere, from iTunes to iHeartRadio and everywhere in between. But please keep in mind, if you want to ask Alistair any questions or want to just participate in the show, go to Spreaker.com or through the Spreaker app. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. That will allow you not only to listen to the show, 
but does allow you to actually use the instant messenger feature and drop comments that I will read off during the show. So thank you to those who have tuned in so far and dropping comments. I will read those off shortly. But uh, Alistair, I like to start these shows out and my interviews out very traditional in the sense that I always ask each and every guest what you would expect the first question to be in, in a show like this. You know, how did you get involved with the esoteric and the occult? What is it, you know, what age, what what events happened? Tell us a little bit about what led you into this life. Well, when I was young, my uh, my childhood was, was basically a, a religious hell. So my father left very, very early. I, I really don't even remember him. But my mother went to the extreme with the Christian religion, Southern Baptist. Uh, you know, I grew up in the Bible Belt down in Louisiana, and and uh, it, it was just we were at church every time the doors were open. Everything, every decision had to be made based on prayer and fasting, and you know, you dare not mock or say anything out of line so so at a very early age i i became very rebellious and when i got older especially when i was going into my teenage years you know like all teenagers you know you uh you go out and have a good time drink you know, do some of this, do some of that. And what I was noticing was uh, these these people from the church were actually out at these dives and, and these liquor stores and stuff like that. The little town I grew up in was a dry parish. So you had to drive five miles to the next parish to find a liquor store where you could get hard liquor. Well, anyway... I, I just started basically seeing, you know, the, the hypocrisy of it all. And I think in, in my heart, I've always been spiritual. I've always wanted to believe in something. And, uh, you know, we're all born with a hole in our soul, and we fill it with whatever there is that uh, that we choose to fill it with. So um, in my teenage years, I left home. I left home very early. I went to New Orleans, and I lived in New Orleans. I lived on the streets. I was homeless, um, you know, petty crime and, and stuff like that to, to make it by. And then I got uh, hooked on heroin. Actually, one of the girls that, uh, I was seeing at the time she shot me up the first time and uh, I mean heroin became my god from that time on so I, I just really lost the will to live after uh, I'd say about a year maybe two years I just lost the will to live and by chance, I ran into a lady at Café du Monde, and she just out of the blue said something to the effect of, you're looking for a place to die, aren't you? 
And I, I just, I didn't even fight it. I said, yeah, you know, I, I just, I don't have anything. I don't have anything to live for. I mean, I've basically, my spirit is, is beat. I'm done. And at that time, in, in the back of my mind, I had already planned out that I was I was going to overdose. I was going to end it. But I just didn't have the guts to do it. When I would get close to the edge of doing it, I just didn't have the balls to go through with it. So anyway, when when she said that, it it kind of I was I was taken aback. And I guess she sensed something in my heart and maybe in me I don't know but she she took an interest in me she told me how to to get in touch with her where she was at and she said I've I've got something that might help you it's helped a lot of people I know and she was a hoodoo practitioner uh, a very sweet lady and, and the whole group just Absolutely, I was I was the only white. Now I'm. My listeners know that I'm I am of mixed race. I mean, but they took me in, and that's that was my first experience with with anything magical, anything outside of of. The Christian Church, the Christian religion, uh, Baptist denomination, the Bible—this was the the first real exploration into something other than that. And I found it to be very liberating. I found that it made sense. I found that um, you know she she actually took me to the point where I had my first real interaction with the other side and I was hooked. Um, so that, that is how basically I, I was exposed to magic, I guess the first time. And as, as life went on, um, I had an opportunity to leave Louisiana and and relocate here to Florida. And so I did that. I left all of them behind and um, stayed in touch with them for years and years. And, and they've all passed away now. But um, so coming here to Florida... I actually met some people and we were talking about different things and I had already started moving into the the spiritual area of of satanism more theistic and um you know we we were just talking and you know after you uh, you get to know someone you start exploring different topics of discussion and and so the topic led up to, you know, what are your beliefs? And they had similar beliefs. They were into the, the theism of Satanism. They were in uh, really more of, of demonology type background, but they worked with, with, uh, with the demons. They did uh, conjurers, um, 
you know, different magic and, and things like that. So that led to our first real group coming together as a satanic coven. So that's how it started. That's the long story, I guess. <laughs> no, that's amazing, though. I'm glad you shared that with me. And there's several things that resonate with me. You know, you had mentioned at an early, you know, child, you know, really noticing the hypocrisy of, of seeing people at church and then seeing them at these other locations. And what that really was reminiscent, you know, for me was, um, you know, and I, I think this will strike a chord with you as well, is, is, you know, what really led me into Satanism when I was a young child was I did come across LaVey's Satanic Bible when I read it. And I know that you said this in one of your books, I, I think it was Sanctum of Shadows, where, you know, it, it felt like you were reading your own words. And when I started reading it, I'm like, wait a second, th this guy thinks what I'm thinking. And one yeah. of the things he said in that book was how he would play organ for the church and see the same people sitting with their wives, and then on the weekends notice they would be at whorehouses and they would be at the at the circus and, and acting wild and doing a lot of things that were different <laughs> than what they were whenever they were at church, and he was playing organ because he played for both. Right. Um, and it was very interesting that, yeah, you see both sides of it, and you brought up living in the Bible Belt, which was something I was going to ask about tonight, uh, you know, how that childhood was for you, which you already covered, which thank you for doing so. I would imagine... You know, that would be very, very difficult trying to branch away from anything that's not of a Christian background in that area because of how heavy that influence is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, now this was all during the 80s, so it was even compounded even more satanic with the panic. satanic panic. Yep. Yeah, I mean, everyone was going apeshit crazy. Um over, you know, oh, there there are devil covens everywhere, and there are these women that have babies for child sacrifice, and that's all they do, and it just went on and on and on. So I'd, I was in a very real environment in the 80s after I had left home where you had to be very careful about what you said. Because, you know, some of these uh, good old loving Christians would take your ass in a back alley and beat you with a baseball bat. Um, I mean, that's the environment I grew up in. Uh, evil was evil, and, you know, they took it upon themselves to police their communities. And so you had to be very, very careful. It's not like today where you can say whatever you want to on social media and you can, you know, hide or what have you. Um, the, back then, you know, I, I can remember when I first moved to New Orleans, I remember going into an occult bookstore. And I mean, I was like sneaking around the corner to go into this place. It's like, I don't want anyone to see me. Not that they would know me, but, you know, they might stick a knife in me when I come out, you know, Absolutely. follow me, follow me home or something like that. And, and I remember finding the satanic Bible and, and like you say, just being so intrigued with it. It's like, wow, this is, um, uh, I'm, I'm reading exactly what I have been unable to articulate. And that's so. what it felt like for me as well. And I think, you know, some people have followed LeVay's words as 
truly as a Bible their whole life. And, and I, I felt for me, and I think, you know, certainly from listening to your work and, and, and uh, reading your books, uh, you know, I think you're of a similar, you know, theology and idea there of, for me, it was a starting ground. It wasn't an end all. And unfortunately for a lot of people, it's an end all. He, if you want to give him credit for anything at all, I think the credit should be given for being a spark to an inferno. I wouldn't call him the inferno. I would call him the spark that started it because for so many people, they read his words and it opened something inside of them to seek further. I don't believe that the you know Church of Satan, you know, even in its current form, any of its forms, really has gone as far as Satanism was meant to go. It just was really that starting spark that started the inferno. And people like yourself have really taken it upon yourself to grow it into something more because the biggest flaw that I had as a child is I loved his words. I loved the ideas of it, but I couldn't understand the hypocrisy of calling yourself a Satanist and not believing in Satan. And I know you said that in one of your books as well, is how do you call yourself a Satanist, but then you don't believe in Satan or demons or, or, or the workings. I mean, what is the motive behind it then? It's kind of lacking. For me and my experiences, and I speak of that only, these are very real currents that can be worked with and, and, and can be met. And, you know, to, to look at it as it's all strictly internal and there's nothing else besides that, I think is missing a very large part of it. And I don't think that person, you know, with an atheistic view is ever really going to reach the top of the mountain. They're never going to reach the level of true higher self that they could have if they accept that there is things beyond them. Oh, absolutely. I, I think they do themselves a disservice. And, you know, I, I respect people for whatever they believe. I really do. Um, but I think they do themselves a disservice. And and my thoughts on Anton LaVey, first of all, I have the, the highest respect for him because, you know, as, as you said, he was a true pioneer. Um. But I believe, and I've said this before, I believe that Anton had a real experience with Satanas. And, and I think it was early on that he had it. And then as, as things started to become more successful and more people were around and more of the Hollywood elite and singers and actors and all these different people started to migrate into the thing. I think Anton just, he took the easy road. I really do. And I'm not saying that to disrespect him. I think that there were a lot of questions that he couldn't answer because none of us know everything. And I, I just think he he saw it as being, well, you know, why should I make a statement of this if I can't back it up? True. I mean, and, I, I thought and, that myself, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. It just makes you think. I mean, too, you know, he was in a time that, you know, it would be hard for him to explain there wasn't many others that he could go and ask and talk to him about it because in that time, he was now the forerunner. He was now the guy. Um, so if you did have these unanswered questions, 
who do you ask and how do you even go about asking them because if you're the kingpin of it how do you ask anybody else because you should then show weakness so he right. had to kind of maintain that image and as you said he started you know really getting a following of elite people around him and i also think that it was an easier sell to go about an inner Satan or an inner Satanus than, than an outer. I think that, you know, hey, we are all Satan in ourselves and we can all grow and be something stronger than we are right now, you know, a form of, of some type of inner alchemy. That sold easier to people at that time, even though it was still shocking and there was a lot of shock value. That sold easier than I believe there truly is a Satan and I worship him. I'm a devil worshiper. I think it was, you know, that could have caused him more problems than he was willing to take on at that time because he was already branching out with something so amazing and so revolutionary at that time that to go any farther could have been very detrimental and dangerous to him. Right. Right. Absolutely. Now, we do have a question here coming. Oh, go, go ahead. No, no, go right ahead. So we have someone that says, uh, first and foremost, he dropped a comment, says, Good evening, everyone. Looking forward to listening to the interview tonight. Alistair Nock has influenced my satanic practice very much. If you have time for a question, being satanic myself, I have often thought a lot about death and of the soul. So I'm always curious to hear what people's thoughts are on what happens to the soul after death from a satanic perspective. Sure. So <clears throat> we are energy and when our with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Physical body ceases to exist. That energy goes on. Now, I can't tell you exactly what happens. No one can. No one has been to the other side and come back. It's impossible in our current state. First of all, in our three dimensions and, and our physicality, Plus, we don't have the real cognitive tools to understand it if we saw it. So I can't tell you exactly, but I, I do know in my heart of hearts, we are energy, and energy continues to go on in some form. Our belief is that when the body ceases to exist, that energy exits and we are able to pass through the the veil to the other side, and that's where we will reside. 
am, we will be with Satanas, we will be with the demons, we will be with the people that we are closely drawn to in in life. I think that is an indicator of like-minded and like-hearted individuals. And so once going through that barrier to the other side, we continue on. And I do believe that we influence those who are left here. In other words, those that are on the other side, we, we have Satanas, we have the, the demons and, and the different hierarchies of hell and the, the satanic kingdom. But we also have basic everyday Joe Blow, just like me, who pass on and go to the other side and are able to be called and able to help with the gnosis of those that are still here. And I would have to agree with that because one of the heavy parts of my occult practice is obviously satanic arts, but also heavily into the fields of necromancy. And I know that I have worked with and communicated and gained knowledge and gnosis from spirits of the dead who have come back and actually shared amazing secrets and knowledge with me. They were not of a demonic current. They were not of an angelic current. They were not interdimensional beings. They were just like you and I, someone who was here at one point in time in this 3D dimensional matrix that has left, that has passed on, and they are somewhere else in another realm that is still accessible to this realm and can come back to teach you and, and will come back to teach you in some cases. Um, you know, same as a demonic current can be used and tapped into to learn from also. Um, so, you know, I, I have to believe the same that you shed this skin and most people think of death. No, you are not dying ever. You are just simply letting go of the shell. But the shell is more than just your physical body. It is also your mind and how we think and perceive this world currently right now in this manifestation, that is all that whole coil is shed. And there's the true you inside of there that will continue to live on, as you said, Alistair, energy. But it's intelligent energy. And it does continue to live, it continues to flow, and can continue to be communicated with. Um, no one ever dies. They just change form. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you bring up energy because something you talk about heavily in your work, which is, you know, the most important thing to magic and often is lacking in a lot of the books and, and you know, uh, occultists, I use that term lightly, these days is the fact of energy. Energy is everything. If you are calling yourself a practitioner, uh, you know, uh, you know a, a occultist, a sorcerer, a magus, any of the sort, and you don't talk about energy in your books or your writings or your practice, or if you're a teacher, talk to your students about this, then, you know, you're missing something here. I have to question it because magic is simply learning how to control and to use the energies that are already around you and use them for certain purposes. And as you've said, there's no white magic. There's no black magic. There simply is magic. And one can use it for different means. It is a current. And how you use that current is up to the, you know, the hands and the casting of the beholder. It doesn't have an intelligence behind it. It is intelligent, but it doesn't think for itself that I am magic and I'm going to be dark or light. 
it is our true will, as Elister Crawley would say, that helps direct that um, towards its purpose. And I love the fact that you talk about that so heavily in your work. You talk about the chakras. You talk about the, how to gather and sustain and keep energy and then use that in your rites and practices um, because that is spot on what has to happen for true and real magic to work, not just you know, the phasmagoria that a lot of people live in, not just the psychodrama of being in a ritual and, and you know, having, having the blood flowing and having something seem like it's happening around you. No, that's the difference between that and actually having a true connected experience. Um, and I love the fact that you teach that in all of your workings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the energy is, that's where it starts and that's where it ends. So without that, it's, it's, it's just hocus pocus. You know, there, there's nothing real about what you're doing if you haven't mastered that. And, um, you know, there are different ways to do it, obviously. But, um, and then, as you said, the chakras come in to play. And I'm actually, I'm doing a, a three-part in my satanic processes. I'm doing three episodes on the, the chakras on YouTube. Uh, they'll be coming up. They're set to premiere, I guess, in, in a few weeks or something like that. I think I've got premieres set in, <laughs> until out in, in January. So okay. plenty of stuff to see over there. No, that's exciting, folks. If you're listening in on that and you heard that, please check it out and make sure you support it and share it around. Awesome knowledge, and it's something that if you're not currently mixing into your everyday practice, you really, really should. We've brought up Alistair on some of the past episodes with guests I've had. Something I've come across you know, in, in modern occultism, which really throws me off. I, I've taught quite a few students myself, and, and over time, I've had a lot of people tell me, well, I don't really see the purpose of meditation. I don't I don't find it useful. And, and right then and there, that throws a real big red flag up for me because, first off, it's one of the most important elements. And secondly, if you're truly connecting with a being, you're going into a trance-like state. And if you're going into a trance-like state, that is a form of meditation. So either someone's not fully understanding the depths and different levels of meditation or they're just like a lot of people these days spouting off these complete fantasy stories that are not true. So, um, you know, folks, meditation is going to get you to higher levels of self. And I know that you have mentioned um, in your workings, and I think is is a heavy problem these days, most people focus solely on the external side of magic rather than the internal. And, and you have to be balanced on both to find true clarity and equilibrium because if you strictly focus on spell casting, if you strictly focus on external material gain and you're never taking time to cleanse your own mind and aura to, to really tap into the inner and deeper levels of self, what happens is a heavy imbalance on one side. And that's when you start to see and often see 
a lot of practitioners start to lose their mind. They wind up dead. They wind up insane. They wind up in prison. And they start to be a different person than you once recognized them to be because they've tapped into something and didn't find balance. And now it's caused them to have havoc in their life. And there's several people that I can think of right off the top of my head that are even larger names that have fucked with these currents in ways they shouldn't have, never taking time to do the true work (laughs) and have come to be complete insane nutballs. Um, So I think that that's important for people to find that equilibrium. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. You know, there's, there's no shortcut to this and that's, you know, I, I always have to laugh. I, I get so many people that will contact me through social media and and they want me to teach them how to do something. And it's usually, you know, for financial gain or something like that. So so teach me to do a ritual. Well, what would you do with it if I gave it to you? You're, you're missing the whole thing. Uh, as much magic can happen sitting in your living room as it can in the satanic sanctum. So magic is magic. And in order to to learn and to be proficient at it, which none of us ever get truly proficient at it, we're always constantly improving, you have to practice it and you have to use it. And, and you know... Uh, To your point on meditation, you're not going to have a being show up in physical form in your sanctum. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. It just does not. Or let me say this. It has never happened in my experience like that. They show up in the astral, in the mind, in the surroundings, but they're not going to show up and walk through the door as as some people allude to it just doesn't work like that because we're in the physical they're in the metaphysical and that connection that key is the mind spirit and the connection through meditation without that none of of the other mechanisms work magic astral travel None of that stuff, because it all begins with meditation. Agreed. I mean, that is the key to everything, and that's why I said when people bring up that, and I, and, you know, for years of practicing, <clears throat> excuse me, years of practicing, I didn't really hear a lot of people say that, but all of a sudden, within the last couple of years, I've had so many people say, well, I, I just do magic. I don't need to meditate, and I'm like, good luck with that, brother. Right. Um, you know, yeah. I don't think you're going to get very far. It's really, as I said, going to warp you the wrong way. Because that is how you ground yourself. That's how you truly connect in in ritual after, you know, very deep physical workings of the ritual. That's when it's your time to sit with the demonic currents that are within the chamber and and go into that deep trance-like state and let them tap into you and show them and let you hear what it is that they want to teach you. And as you said, you will see that in your mind's eye. You will see that in the medit- you know, in meditative realm. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You'll see that in the astral. You're not going to see them knock on the back door and you open it and they're going to walk in and be like, hey, how you doing? I'm here to teach you. It doesn't work that way. But you know what? There's sure as hell a lot of people that tell these just amazing stories and that's what they are. They're amazing, huh? It, you know, yeah. about, you know, that they showed up before me in crimson altars. And it's like, yeah, it's, that's great. You know, you might, maybe they're speaking from their mind's eye, but so many people talk about they just literally appear before them and they stand like a statue. And in 18 years of practicing, I've had profound experiences. I've never seen that happen. I have seen right. physical manipulation of things around me absolutely paranormal activity um to a degree i've seen within the smoke and mediums that i've used something appear and that's about as good as you're getting you'll get manifestations in in incense smoke or even sometimes in the scrying bowls and by scrying and and doing divination but if you use no mediums at all they're not just poof you know there they are folks so if you're seeing that i don't know they could be partially delusion that's heavy in the scene um but you know as you said meditation is going to allow you to tap into that it's going to allow you to tap into yourself and to be honest with everyone i mean there's no greater feeling in the world than spending time getting to truly know yourself and coming out of that and just feeling clear-headed to feel that the weight of the world has been taken off of you i meditate prior to a working and then i step into the ritual chamber and then i do obviously my trance work during and then when i'm done I notate in my grimoire what it is that I've done, and then I meditate again to ground and come back out of that and then go about my day or go to sleep for the night if it's at nighttime. Um, And I think that those keys are important is to lead into it with a clear mind, to come out of it with a clear mind, and that's how you properly keep from being fucked with. And, I mean, that's why I think that a lot of uh, practitioners, you know, jump into a ritual, do it, and then they just jump back out of it. They don't properly close. They don't properly ground. And then they just go about their day. And over time, little by little, it does something to their brain and they start to change. And you notice over a three, four, five, ten year span, then become someone completely different, as I said. And you're like, wait a second, something's happening here. It's caused them right. to go crazy. They don't, you know, the demonic currents don't appreciate non-respect if you're going to work with them they appreciate you doing it properly and as you said taking no shortcuts and putting in the work it's not meant to be something 10 minutes you summon 10 minutes you're out 20 minute work and you're done you are putting hours into this this is an everyday thing this is your entire life this is this is not a weekend warrior habit or you know an event this is something that is you live and breathe it right yeah, I, I think there's there's a little bit too much of the Hollywood aspect. Um, Hollywood, maybe witch talk, you know, um, that that you just blink your eyes and, you know, 
something happens, it's, it's something that you work toward and you work up to and you learn. And, and I'm glad you mentioned the, the grimoire. I think that is, is very important that you record that because you, I'm sure like myself, it's a recipe book for being able to recreate something that works and being able to go back to that and understand what was happening, uh, what were the surroundings, what what was the situation that led to my desired outcome, and then how can I tweak that to get a different outcome but still a desired outcome. I think a lot of people miss that. They that do. They, they step right over that and say, well, I didn't get what I wanted or, well, you know, whatever. Um, you, you get what you put into it. You know, you invest. And, and I have always said everything is quid pro quo. And, and so if you're expecting something for nothing, that's what you're going to get, nothing. If, if you're not willing to put the time and the energy into it and invest of yourself, in doing it, you know, people people don't just wake up one day and become a lawyer. They don't wake up one day and become a surgeon. It's a very methodical process that has an objective to it, and you work toward that. Um, and people miss that, you know. I think there's so much bullshit out there right now on social media. It's just... It, it, so much noise, just a, so much a lot of noise. noise. Yep, and that's yeah. what it is. Is and, and that's actually brings me to a point why I made a recent post, and some of my listeners out there would have seen it. That I have over the years, unbeknownst to a lot of people, taught a lot of students, um, hundreds in fact. But I don't go out and tell everyone that I do that because I don't feel a need to. I'm not in the account to get attention in that regard. I simply do what I do. I grow myself and I help those along the way that I can help. But I had to make a post recently that I'm stepping away from it and only really doing the show, no longer engaging in groups really or in discussions on a lot of this other than the show because of the fact of all the noise. It has become something so incredibly false all around me that I'm looking at all these individuals and I just shake my head and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening right now. As you said, you don't wake up one day and become a lawyer, but it seems like everybody wakes up one day and becomes a sorcerer. Oh, yeah. It's strange to me. There's been people, and I know other people have talked about this, that will come to me, ask questions, very basic entry-level neophyte questions. And then two months later, they started a website, and you see them saying, I am now offering Ritual for Hire services, and I can make your dreams come true. And I'm like, didn't you just ask me how the elements correlate with magic and what like what 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 is going on i'm confused right now you know and that seems to happen a lot these days that everyone's jumped onto the bandwagon that not only am i something that i'm not but secondly i can make money off this so i'm going to start telling people how i can make them rich and famous while i still live in my mother's basement that's Um, right and it's it's that's what's happened and it's run rampant and now I, i for the longest time have shut my mouth and been nice uh, you know, and and try to be nice to everybody, and still always will be professional to everyone. 
But there's so many that I've engaged with in this scene that while I'm talking to them, I'm like, I know you are fucking fake. And I'm like, and I'm just going to smile and nod my head and be like, okay, tell me about your delusions. Um, And, you know, there's been several that I've talked to in conversations. Some have been on the show. Some have been on the show that are phenomenal. And, and, you know, I am going to be taking it and always taking it from a journalist type perspective where I want to hear what you have to say if you have a buzz right now and see, you know, how you got started. Maybe you'll prove me wrong. Maybe you won't. Um, You know, and but unfortunately, a lot of times you can just tell when people start talking, you're like, okay, they're spinning a nice web of deceit and people are buying it up because it's easy to tell people what they want to hear. Give me two months of your life and I can make you into the epistemist. You know, I can make you into an ascended master in two months. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, because people don't want to hear it's going to take you your entire life and probably several other reincarnations after this to get there. Um, You know, people don't want to hear that. That's the hard work. And like you said, people want it easy. They want to wake up one day and just be that. So, um, you know, it's you got to folks be discerning. I say I always say there's a very fine line between discernment and delusion. Yeah, I believe that. It's crazy though. I mean, just to, like I said, you know, that's why I said I was so excited to have you on the show tonight because you're someone that I personally resonate very heavily with. I've read, I don't even know how many books you have out at this point. How many do you have? Eight or nine? Oh no, I think I, I think I have about twelve. Oh, shit. I might have more than I now. even got my hands on. I'll start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was say, I I've read so. about seven so far. And I think there's like one that I haven't got my hands on yet, but I guess I'm wrong. There's more than that. Yeah, I, I think so. I haven't counted them in a while. I need, but, to, uh, I need to tap into that reserve. You need to you need to hook me up with those couple <laughs> that I've not known about so I can get them read. But that's phenomenal. So see right there, even within the, the seven or eight that I have read, I mean, profound knowledge in the satanic field that I don't hear anybody else speaking of. I hear the same rehashed bullshit from everybody. I can't respect a lot of of the stuff over the years that Satanism has been and what it is becoming for a lot of people. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with people believing an atheistic standpoint if that's what they want to believe. But I do believe that, as we talked about earlier, you're not going to reach that level of depth that you're really looking for. I am very theistic in my standpoint, and I a lot of times tell people I do use satanic rites, but I first and foremost always call myself a devil worshiper, and that's what I am because I I sit in reverence of these beings. I work with them, but I also respect the fact that they're not my friends. I hear people tell me, you know, almost like they're hanging out with them. Oh, yeah, on the weekends, me and, you know, Beelzebub get together. Well, that's great. You know, I'm sure you do. (laughs) But, no, I don't look at it like that. I, I sit in reverence of their power, and I appreciate it and I make offerings and respect to them and in return I am taught and given things that maybe one normally would not be given but I never make the mistake of thinking that I'm their buddy. I am You're just right. simply a disciple of them and in reverence of them and if you take that perspective great things will happen um, but like again I think that's a part of the delusion that people are like oh no Belial's my friend or or you know Azazel you know, would do anything for me, would he? You know, maybe he will work with you in your in your workings, but I, I don't think he's thinking about you. Right. That's right. Food for thought, folks. So we have some different comments coming in here. Uh, it takes me about two hours of meditation slash ritual slash shielding each and every day. It is essential. Well, that is phenomenal. I have to say, folks, I've been slacking a little bit lately. I normally... 
would get up around 4.35 in the morning and do ritual and meditation till about 7-ish. So I was usually getting two to two and a half hours in. The last couple of months, there's been a lot happening, I think, for a lot of people in the world. But certainly in my corner, there's been a lot of things taking place. I'm still doing my practices and rituals, but I haven't been able to put in my normal two to two and a half hours. But I'll tell you what. If you can dedicate two to two and a half hours a day, which is very hard for a lot of people, um, you will start to reach wild depths. I mean, wild things will happen beyond what we even believe can happen. And you don't even need to do a ritual for it. Just simply dive into the depths of your own mind. um, And you will have some very strange, strange effects. So uh, thank you to the listeners out there that left that comment. Um, We have some just kind of chit-chatting back and forth to one another, which is great. We do have someone that said uh, from that question earlier said thank you so much, Alistair, for your knowledge. Um, so that's great there, and I think we're nice. Up. Yeah, a bunch of people just talking to one another on there, so that's good. Well, uh, what is what's your plans coming up? I mean, obviously you've started your coven. You- Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are doing well in Florida with your coven. I mean, what do, and you've been consistently writing even more than I realized. And I know you have your podcast. I know you have the different lessons and teachings that you have put out. I mean, you are putting in the work. So what do you see the, the foreseeable future being for you? What do you plan on on launching from this point forward? Well, I'm working on a new book. And I started on that probably a little over a month ago, I guess. And... Um, I guess I'm I'm probably about 80 or 85 pages into that. I don't know when it'll be released. Uh, When I start writing, uh, I write when I feel like that I have the inspiration to do it. And and I also have the guidance to do it. And uh, and that doesn't come, you know, on a schedule. So, um. I'll probably release that, you know, next year sometime. Um, and right now, I, I just, I enjoy what I'm doing. I enjoy the the people that I have relationships with. I really enjoy that. Um, I, I've got some very, very dedicated people that have been in communication with me for years and uh you know i've i've never met them face to face but uh we communicate all the time we have skype calls and and things like that all the time uh staying in touch with one another those are are the relationships that i really like um then our our coven magnum opus uh, which we do meet in in person, obviously, and we have for, I guess now, almost 20 years. Our our coven, we're all getting old, and, and we're getting, you know, w- with all the things that age brings, we actually 
lost one of our coven members, Lightning, here not too long ago, just a, a few months back. And he was really the reason that I I became a writer. Um, what we did is is our coven started as as six individuals, and you know people that we would know, we would talk with and and have discussions, and and those were the the new initiates that we would bring into the group. Always a very small family environment and um because we were we were having growth we had quite a few people coming through as initiates and we were having to say the same things over and over again and so what we came up with is we would write a little pamphlet that we could give people and and they could kind of do the groundwork as far as you know this is these are the terms and this is kind of what this means and this is what you can expect and you know this is kind of what ritual looks like and and so we we started doing that and I volunteered to to actually write the pamphlet and after I wrote it lightning he he kind of took me aside and said, "Hey, you know, you did pretty good with this. You you should write. You should, you know, maybe consider being an author." And I was like, "Well, you know, that <laughs> having uh written this pamphlet was was a living hell for me. I mean, <laughs> I just <laughs> it was my first endeavor with that and um, you know, I had written some some small articles for some periodicals that that went out of business shortly thereafter. I don't know if I caused that or or not, but um, so he was he was really the one that encouraged me to do it. And for the longest time, he was the first person that would read every chapter that I wrote of every book. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, he, he passed away. Um, you know, he's sorely missed, but had it not been from for him, I mean, nobody would have ever heard of Alistair Nocht. Well, much love to him and may he rest in power because I'll tell you what he, he sparked, uh, you know, what would become a monster. You know, like I said, your books are phenomenal. Your work is phenomenal. And sometimes it's all about having the right person in your corner at the right time to bring out the best side of you that you might not even know you have. And, right. uh, you know, he certainly has done that. So much love to him and may he rest in peace. And I apologize, you know, I'm truly sorry for you and condolences for you for the loss of your friend. You know, uh, one thing that I can encourage everyone to do is is never turn down an opportunity. Some of the best things that have happened in my life were just accidents or they were opportunities and I just happened to say yes, usually without thinking. <laughs> but uh, they turned out to be some of the best events and, and best experiences of life. So I encourage everyone don't even don't even think about it. Sometimes just say yes. 
You know what that and you'll reminds? figure it out. Well, that reminds you me know? of uh, the, the um, what movie was that? Uh, yes Man with um, Jim Carrey in it. And the reason, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, I loved the fact of what they were trying to say with that movie is stop being so standoffish and turning everything down and not taking chances in life. Sometimes, as you said, you just got to say yes, something you would never do. Hey, do you want to do this? Yes, I do. And the reason yeah. why is when you step out of your comfort zone, you step into a new world, and sometimes that world's going to give you fruit. Sometimes it's going to give you hell, but you won't know until you step out there. And each and every time, whether it gives you you know fruit or not, is going to be a new experience, and a new experience is going to change who you are now and who you are to become. And that's what people don't understand is they get very complacent. They put themselves within a bubble, and then they stay in that bubble and never leave it because it's comfortable there. But growth oh, yeah. doesn't happen in comfort. Growth happens in chaos. And when you, you jump out there and you really put yourself in a position that you're not used to, that you're foreign to, that's uncomfortable, you either adapt and grow or it crushes you. But either way, it's a new experience for you. And I always advise that. So I, I'm thankful that you just said that because it's something that most people shy away from. They're scared of the unknown. I've always been the type that says, throw me to the wolves and I'll see if I survive. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of opportunities are put in front of you by Satanas. Yes. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just a test to see if you're ready to go on to the next level of the gnosis. Um, but yeah, uh, never, never overanalyze it. You know, you get that paralysis of analysis, you know, trying to, to think it through and, you know, trying to frame it and, well, you know, this is going to take some time or some energy or I don't know if I can do that. Just just say yes and, and go and do it. You know, the, the only thing that stands between a person and the life that they want is themselves. Yes. I mean, all they have to do is do it. I, I talk to people, I have correspondence and email with people all the time that are wanting, you know, financial gain, they're wanting this, they're wanting that, but but they don't want to do anything for it. They don't want to do anything. They want to be able to do some magic ritual and have the money show up, or they want to join this fictitious uh, Illuminati and become wealthy. And, and it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. But you can facilitate that change and you can make the life that you want and the life that Satanas wants you to have. But he's, he's not going to show up at the door and, and do it for you. And that's the biggest thing people misunderstand is they, they think there is, you know, that's another reason I had to leave a lot of these groups and just really start to distance myself because as you become a figure of any type of, of notoriety or a teacher of any type of notoriety, what happens is you have a lot of people reach out and a lot of them are sincere and want to learn. But right. two times that don't. They're just going to message you and say, what spell do I do to become instantly rich? And I'm like, do you that's think right. it works like that, bro? If, if it worked like that, wouldn't I have already done it myself? Um, what, you know, wouldn't I already be filthy rich living in a mansion? But even though those things never, I never really have been a materialistic practitioner. I never, to this day, folks, I've never done a ritual for money. 
um, for myself or for anybody else, rather. I've never tried, never wanted to. I do it for strictly knowledge and connection. Um, them are the two things I, I work with. And, and a lot of times people say, you kidding, you're kidding me. You've never asked any assistance financially. And I say, no, the only two things that I've ever asked for is strictly knowledge and wisdom and a deeper connection with the forces that I work. And that has given me ways in life to find the rest. And as you said, right. it takes a lot of work to get there. And they're going to give you the win behind your cells, but they're not going to take you to your destination. You're still going to have to put the work in. And, and when you do a ritual or a rite, you still got to work towards the end of what you're trying to get, and they will just be that win behind it that gets you there faster. But so many people think it's as easy as that. And I'm like, no, it's going to take you every day of your life dedicating your time and energy to these forces it's going to take you learning your inner self through meditation like we spoke about and it's going to take you busting your ass and going out there and getting it but one of the biggest things and pitfalls people have is people are weak the human race is is a plague to be honest with you and there's only a few within it here and there that are going to have the strength to stand up and really change their life and and what i mean by that is people love wallowing in their own sorrow they will yeah. tell you all day long how bad their life is, and you'll try to even give them advice. Oh, no, I just want to die. I just want it to end. And I'm like, well, no, you can achieve anything you want to. No, it's over for me. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, then go and end it. You know, like yeah. first go do it. You know, stop fucking telling me about it. Just go do it then. It <laughs> save me the time of having to hear you. Um, yeah. Because if you don't have the inner strength yourself to step out behind, behind your comfort zone and go out there and get it, you're never going to get it. You can't expect change if you're not willing to change that's right that's exactly right and that's what and it is and it is strange to me and i think it's like yeah. some type of weird human like trigger that was pre-programmed into us that, that we have to break the the safeguard off and once we break it we start to sell kind of smoothly through the rest of it but there's something that people get so far and they get stuck and they can't get past that trigger so they just stay in that wallow zone where they just want to cry all day and tell everybody how bad their life is well then change Absolutely. it you know put yeah. the work in yeah and and you have to for your own sanity and your own health you have to cut those people loose you know that that is the classic definition of psychic vampire yes and they will drain every bit of your creativity, your energy, your time, your attention, and and uh, I mean, you you just have to say, look, it is what it is. Either you do it or you don't do it. But the choice is yours. You know, life is tough for everybody. Life beats the fuck out of all of us. So do you have more problems than me? I don't know. But I'll say I've got my fair share of them as well. So you have the power to do that. You can make a difference in your own life. But I agree. I think some people just, they like to, you know, and misery loves company. Yep. 
and that's it is they they always try to bring everybody else down to their level because they have someone then to share it with and you always find that people are friends with other people that all of them together as a group just bitch all the time and all they do is complain and then you oh, know yeah. when you are successful of any nature they always come to you and say what's your secret how do you do it what's the golden you know how do i find yeah. the golden answer to this and i'm like i don't know man i've just always worked my ass off and got the things i wanted if i set my mind to something and i want to do it i do it there's no yeah. question. There's no how am I going to be stopped or what's going to stop me. There is nothing that's going to stop me. If I want to do it, I'm going to blast through every barricade that's stuck in front of me. I'm unstoppable in a machine, and I know that. And if you know that about yourself, then you're unstoppable. But if you constantly right. say, well, there's this happening, and that's going to happen, and oh, this is the wrong day to start, and well, then, yes, three years from now, you're still going to be sitting there saying the same thing and have gotten nowhere. Um, oh, yeah. So with that, folks, I want to take a quick commercial break to give a highlight to our sponsors. So we'll be right back on Knights of the Nephilim after these messages. Knights of the Nephilim podcast would like to thank our sponsor, Goetic Impressions. Goetic Impressions is a company dedicated to the faithful creation of advanced ritual tools by following grimoire guidelines as closely and as feasibly as they can in the modern world. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, or their website, GoeticImpressions.com, to stay informed on new projects and limited-time items that they roll out frequently. For listeners of Knights of the Nephilim podcast, you can use the promo code KOTN10 for 10% off of your overall order. Again, that is KOTN10 for 10% off of your overall order. And make sure you check out their Facebook, Instagram, and website. Once again, the website is www goeticimpressions.com again that is goeticimpressions.com for absolutely everything for your ritual needs fantastic items quality items greatly priced quick shipping can't speak highly enough about these guys absolutely wonderful team and i'm glad to have partnered with them thanks guys knights of the nephilim podcast would like to thank our sponsor limitless liberation i'll read you about this wonderful company from their owner elena Limitless Liberation was inspired by both Lucifer and Belial. Lucifer has been with me most of my life, as far back as I could remember. Belial and I started to work when I was going through a very difficult part of my life. He completely turned mine and my family's life around, for the better, in a very short period of time. In return, he asked me to create what he called Charger for him. He showed me the designs, so I created the first Charger for Belial, and Lucifer wanted one next. From there I had spirits lining up with requests for magical items. Some are control freaks, while others just inspire. They are all so individually different, but every single item created has power within it. Each item operates on many levels. They operate as an anchor for the spirit you're working with, thus aiding easier connection between the two of you. They also operate like a power cell or battery, where they already come with an inherent energy to them, but they become stronger as you feed them and pull from them during ritual, as well as to strengthen your workings. Limitless Liberation continues to grow to honor the spirits that we love to work and build relationships with. You can check her shop out at etsy.com backslash shop backslash Limitless Liberation. Again, that is etsy.com backslash shop backslash Limitless Liberation. Knights of the Nephilim podcast would like to thank our sponsor, the Telemancer. Let me first tell you a little bit about their owner, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about them. 
James Hunter Ralston has been a member of the Order of the Voltec, starting in 2008 and progressing through several degrees, last serving as head of the Outer Order. The Order of the Voltec is an offshoot of a pylon of the Temple of Set, originated to study and practice several forms of the sorceress methods centering on techniques used by Mexican and other Central American priests and magicians. Many of the techniques involved were popularized in the late 1970s and 80s by Carlos Castaneda. Over the decades since his first experience with magic, his desire has grown into the creation and use of what other shamanic sorcerers term as power objects, talismans, amulets, totems, and other powerful objects. His interests expanded to the degree that he chose to become an apprentice of several Appalachia's premier craftspeople and learn the art of metalcraft to produce power objects for both himself and select patrons. He does work with gold, pewter, silver, and sometimes other metals as well. He has been doing this for over eight years. He does create talismans, pendants, rings, altarpieces, and more, almost all exclusively by custom commission. And you can check out his stunning work at facebook.com backslash thetelemancer1. Again, that is facebook.com backslash thetelemancer1. All as one word. Thank you so much. All right, folks, well, we are back on Knights of the Nephilim. Well, thank you to our sponsors so far that uh, we got to air tonight. Make sure you check them out at their links and give them love and support. Some wonderful different wares that these folks make, hand custom made, um, that you can order from their shops. I use a lot of these tools and implements in my working, some of the oils and olums and flying ointments um, to really help you know get you into the zone when you're in ritual. Some of the tools themselves very powerful and resonant as well. So make sure you check them out we'll jump into a couple more a little bit later in the episode we have been hanging out for the last hour and eight minutes with Alistair Nock who is a satanic magus from Florida he runs Magnum Opus Coven he has written quite a few books I was saying eight or nine earlier because I've read most of them there's actually about 12 or so now and he's working on a new one so he's ahead of me I got some catching up to do folks but wonderful gentleman to be speaking with very knowledgeable on what he does and on the satanic arts something that is certainly a passion of mine and I'm sure to most of you listening in this evening. So make sure that you check out all his websites, his works and books. One thing I will say, folks, if you're not a big reader, sometimes I catch folks that say, you know, I have a hard time reading or I don't like to read. The great thing about Alistair is a lot of his books are on Audible as well. So if you are someone who doesn't want to read or you do like to read and you also want to be able to listen on the go like me, then go on to Audible and be able to purchase them through Amazon and you can listen and they are narrated by himself, which really gives you a lot of power there to hear it from the horse's mouth himself, so to speak. Um, so thank you, Alistair, for that because that's something I wanted to bring up tonight that I love because I do have your physical copies. I read them and I am someone who loves actual physical books in my hand, but I'm also someone who doesn't listen to a lot of radio or, or you know music these days. I'm constantly listening to podcasting or I'm listening to audio books most of the time and I've listened to most of your books that are on audible probably at least five six times each um wow yeah like I said I love your work and I like to be able to really sit and resonate with it when long trips I do a lot of traveling sometimes I can pop a book in in a six-hour trip and listen to the entire book from start to finish and I get there before I know it 
um, you know, and, and, and I catch pieces that I didn't catch the time before that, which any good book should do. So um, thank you for being able to not only write the books, but to have them out for listening pleasure as well. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, I tell you, those were <laughs> those were tough to record. I would imagine. I had a, a uh, yes. I, oh, it is. It is. It's it's a living hell because I, my attention span is like fifteen minutes, and um, you know you you have to make passes through this. You have to try to get the phrasing right. You have to you know, and and the sound and everything. And uh, a very dear friend of mine produced those. She she was in the in the control room, so to speak. So all I had to do is just read it. But she was relentless, and I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, I would, I would read through a, <clears throat> a whole phrase, you know, three or four sentences, and she would say, "Well, we've got to go back and do that again." And I'm like, "That sounded good to me." She <laughs> said, "It sounded like shit." Let's go back and do it again. Believe me, you're you're not going to be happy with it. And you know, hey, she was one hundred percent right because I would listen back. She saved some of the dailies, and I would listen to them the next morning when I got up. And it's like, you know what? She's absolutely right. This is shit. So we well, have to have that know. person in your corner. I mean, I, I'm a musician, as are you. And, um, you know, when you're going into the booth and you're recording, you have to have that engineer that doesn't that isn't just a yes, man. Did that sound good? Oh, absolutely. It did. Um, and, you right. know, you have to have the person that says that, that was fucking trash. What did you just do in there? And you're like, oh, I thought I did great. And you're like, no, you sucked. Get in there and do yeah. it again. Yeah, because that makes you tap into un untouched potential that you're not getting into yet you start to dig into those deeper levels and when you hit it sometimes it comes out differently than you expected it to whether it be audiobook or music and you listen back and you're like oh wow and the one thing I love about your recordings is the fact of your articulation on everything is you you read it steady slow and articulate things and how you articulate certain words really gives to the listener how the feel of it should come across. The same sentence could be read 50 different ways. You could right. take 50 different meanings from it, but you truly articulated how I feel it is meant to be meant, if that makes sense, um, when you're explaining some of the satanic processes and how you truly you know, take the theory of Satanism and turn it into the practice of Satanism. And you, you talk about some of the things with... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In your books that when I hear, I'm like, man, there's no one else that's ever said it like that and how he's saying it. And I love the fact that you do, you know, do your own audio books because the problem with it is that can make all the difference in the world. It can be a phenomenal book, but if the wrong person reads it, it's going to suck. 
Right. And I've listened to some audiobooks before that I'm just like, what in the hell am I listening to right now? This person's horrible. Why would they ever give this person the chance to read this book? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I love it when an author reads their own book, and especially when they do it properly, because I've even heard authors do their own books, and it's weird. And I'm like, that's not how I, I read it in my own mind. They definitely – but when I read yours and then I listened to the audiobooks afterwards, I'm like, nope, that's that's about spot on. That's the feeling I got, and I even resonated more with it. So – um, listeners out there, like I said, if you're not a big reader or you want something for on the go, it's great to put on to take car trips to to you know put headphones on and lay in bed at night. Sometimes as you're falling asleep and just listen to a couple chapters and then pass out for the evening, you're going to learn a lot from it. And it's going to stick with you um, on and only really help shape what it is that you do. Let's see, we got some comments in here. We have. Uh, we all appreciate what he did to inspire you to become an author, which he would be, I guess, referring to lightning. So thank you for that comment. Um, we got you got to do the work to get the results you want in the physical and spiritual. Yes, you do. I think some of those are a little delayed for some reason. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. thank you to the two of you for those comments and responses. Um, so why don't you, Alistair, tell us a little bit. I mean, obviously, we know everything else that we've talked about this evening that you're involved in and doing. But you also have a pretty impressive Patreon network of people that, that are a part of, of the online coven and, and, and you know helping in that regard and things that you release solely to members of Patreon. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that venture and how that works? Yeah, the, uh, the patron started, uh, I guess, about two years ago or so. I'd, I was going to retire <clears throat> and... I was talking to uh, to a friend of mine that that uh, we had done some things together, and and uh, he said, "Well, why don't you why don't you just open a Patreon?" Because I was looking at, well, this is what I want to do. I want to do some audio. I want to do video. I want to do some things that that are not only, you know, me just hitting record and babbling for an hour. I wanted it to be really something that when a person listened to it, it wasn't a drudgery to sit through. And uh, so I started looking at, well, how much would it cost for this? How much would it cost for this? And so he suggested it. And so I started it. Got a couple of people, um, and, you know, people have said, well, you know, they've been critical of it. Well, you know, you're you're trying to make money off of this, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, absolutely, because I've got video equipment, lighting, video editing, software, licensing, I mean – all of this stuff costs, especially my latest uh, uh, series, Exalted. It costs uh, a lot of money to put that stuff together just in licensing so I don't get booted off of, of YouTube. Um, and so that's the way it started. And, and I have had some of the core members of that have been with me since I started it. And uh, they're just great. They make it possible. They they allow me to be able to buy the things that I need to buy 
to further the ministry. Without them, I, I couldn't do it and wouldn't do it. Um, and and for those that say, well, I'm building an empire, getting rich, I I operate at a loss every month. If I was trying to uh, to do this to get rich or to make money, I would have stopped this long, long ago. So, um, yeah, it, it's great. They're terrific. They're very supportive. I give them messages from time to time, um, you know, just if I'm thinking about something or what have you. And uh, I started a crowdcast where I was doing live events with them, and, and I actually polled them and said, would you support if I start making these things available to the public? And and they were 100% yes. So they're in it for the right reason, to support the message and get the message out. Uh, I just can't say enough about them. Um you know, it's it's just unfortunate that there there are one or two people in the social space that um, you know they they want to attack and you know say you're building an empire or what have you. But uh, if I was in this for money, I would have quit a long time ago. That or you you know write phasmagoric stories about the impossible, you know, and then sell, well, yeah. sell these fantasy yeah. roles that people would love and eat up and you can tell them you make them into a wizard by tomorrow morning. Um, oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's yeah. what I love about you, man, is, is that I see the actual passion for your work within your work. And I, I watch what you're doing with your videos, with your Patreon, with with the things that you do with live events and even some of your rituals and masses and things that you've held, you've aired during some of the satanic holidays and things I've seen you do in the past. That's, that's phenomenal that people can tap into that and watch that and be a part of it. Someone who might live in a state or a town that there is no one else into what they're into and they feel kind of lost on, on the interweb and they feel like I don't really have anybody to talk to and a lot of these assholes that I'm seeing I don't relate with and I don't believe in their work like we talked about earlier. You know, where right. can I find somewhere that I feel like home and they have a place within, you know, your workings that they can do that. And as you said, you're not trying to build an empire in the sense of just making a ton of money and, you know, being this famous, huge character larger than life. You might be building an empire in the sense that your work is reaching the right people that need to be reached. And those people are finding it, supporting it, and growing an army in that sense, which is what anyone who's truthful of their work should hope for. Um, right. And I find nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, the whole point of it is you put the work out there, and the people that are meant to find it will find it. Well, there's there's a lot of jealousy. And, oh, yes. And, and on the left-hand path, like anything else in life, I guess, there is so much fucking drama. There yes. is so much drama and so so many of the little click clubs, you know, oh, I'm going to get all my friends to go and attack this person or out them or just petty bullshit. You know, we're not in high school anymore. Um, and it really, it, it does a detriment to the people that that are being manipulated by some of these people. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's it's really it's a shame. 
But I only hope that, you know, people find a value in, in what I put out there. Um, actually, Sunday night on the 31st, I'm dropping three videos on YouTube, three premieres back to back. Because I do feel that there are probably some people that, you know, may be alone on on Halloween. They they may want to get together and have a watch party. Who knows? But I'm putting that information out there and, and doing it back to back to give, you know, whoever needs to see it or wants to see it to come along and join it. We'll have live chat since it's a premiere. I will be there uh, in in the chat. And so I, I really enjoy those type of events. I enjoy interacting with people if they're, you know, sincere about what they're doing. You you routinely get the troll or you get the, you know, the smart ass that wants to come in and, and uh, derail things. But I'm, I'm pretty good at, at setting them apart. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it's – I think the social space now has – really started to explode with left-hand path stuff, whether it's witchcraft or or Satanism or, or what have you. And I think there is, like, like we said earlier, just a lot of noise out there, a lot of people making noise. And the only thing I can say that's good about that is with a lot of noise, it does spark, you know, in, in different individuals throughout the country, throughout the world – there is going to be those few who are young, who not necessarily even young, but who are young and maybe don't have something they connect with. And seeing how big witchcraft and Satanism has become in the last handful of years, it has exploded. And like I said, most of it I find to be false, and it's just really done to, to play a role to you know feel more powerful than you are, to gloat to other people and look dark and spooky. That's still going to gain attention in the sense that more people hear about it. The more people that hear about it, the farther the message spreads, whether good or bad. And there will be a few people out there that because of that will start to look into things and they'll dig deeper and deeper. And as you dig through a lot of shit, you'll find the pearls. And when you find right. those, you're going to say, wow. And, and people are going to find your work. And, and the cool thing about it is, is the first time they read an Alistair Knock book, they're going to feel how we felt the first time we read LeVay. And that's an awesome thing thing to think of is generations later, that same feeling can be felt by someone and generations from now that person could be you or I and and you know, be in a position like this of teaching and helping other people. And that's just cool that the wheel continues to spin and even though there is so much noise and so much just clutter, there's always gonna be those few that are true of heart. Um, and that's great to hear. And then, folks, if you're out there, make sure if you're not doing anything on Halloween to tune into the premiere of these three videos. I'm certainly going to be tuning in myself. So very exciting news to hear that's you know, going to be happening. Uh, we're coming to a close here in the next few minutes, so I do want to ask a couple questions. Um, you know, Obviously, the premieres of the videos are coming out. Do we expect any type of big rights within the coven coming up this weekend? Do you have anything special planned? No, no, not this weekend. We usually celebrate, um, but this year we're not having a, a coven ritual. Okay. Um, we've got um, – my health has not been the best 
Um, I had a, a health issue here the first part of this year, and I'm okay. Um, I, I had to go through treatment and, and stuff like that. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to stay out of the, the public right now and stay away from everyone because my immunity is a little bit low because of the treatment. Understandable. And so we're, we're not going to, this is the first year that we haven't had a, uh, a ritual. Um, usually Halloween is, is, uh, the second biggest celebration that we have. The first one is the bride of the beast, um, which is, uh, the first part of September, and we usually celebrate a, a week-long celebration for that, uh, culminating in, uh, in, in a real big ritual and, and uh, dinner and, and everything that goes along with that at the end of that. But this, this year we're not, unfortunately. I'm hoping that hopefully, you know, uh, I'll get better and things will get better and be able to do that in the future. Which, by the way, is interesting. Someone, uh, someone on social media accused me of faking uh, my illness. Uh, I just, I'm, I just keep being surprised and shocked at at the gall of some of these fucking cretins. So, no, there's a lot of them out there, man. I mean, even myself, <laughs> I'm sure you get it to a much bigger level than me. But even to myself, some of the things that people message me sometimes, I just sit and shake my head, and I'm like, wow. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I believe that someone would say something stupid like that. But no, much love, um, you know, and, and good energies to you, brother. I hope that uh, you get back to full force soon. And that's what I was wondering because um, whenever you said that you were doing the premiere on Halloween, I was thinking, well, then there must not be a group ritual this year. But honestly, right. it, it might be for the best. I'll be the first to say that I've lost several friends since last year um, because of COVID. For the people out there who want to believe it's real or not real, it doesn't matter. I don't care your views. I will just say that several people have gotten sick and passed away very quickly um, that should have never passed away. They were in good health. Um, you know, so if that can happen, that can happen to anybody. And I say everyone needs to be safe right now. So I would much rather see you guys not doing any group rituals and you be around a lot longer um, than to risk it all for one group right. So, um, no, I think that's a smart decision, but I will be tuning in on Halloween certainly to, to watch the premieres of your videos and, and wish you nothing but the best and blessings, um, you know, for much more to come in the future. Um, now, the question I ask everybody, if you had all the time back that you've spent reading, researching, practicing, ritualizing, writing your books, everything in between, all of your occult time back right now to be able to put towards one other thing, what would it be? Hmm. I don't know. You know, that's a good question. I don't know. And it usually stumps a lot of people to be uh to be honest with you. A lot of people get that thrown at them and they're like, I don't I never thought of that. They're like, <laughs> I spent so much time in the occult that I don't know what I would do yeah. if I didn't have this. Yeah, that's right. That's a, that's like a job interview question. Why do you want this job? <laughs> I don't know, I need you money, know. you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, but that's perfect. You know, I don't know. I, I have, I've had a very good life. I really have. I have 
achieved everything that I ever wanted to achieve, and I credit that to Satanas. I had to work hard and do it, but but I credit that. And, um, you know, some people say, well, you know, you've got regrets. Everyone has regrets. Yeah, I've, I've got some regrets. Absolutely. I would have done some things differently. But, you know, my journey has been the way that it was, and that made me who I am now. And, and I think of any of any of those events or any of the the bad that I, I went through, any of that were to change, I think the equation would change so much that I might not be the person I am today. True. So, yeah. I, but I don't know. If I had all that, <laughs> I really don't. That is a good question. Well, something certainly to ponder on later on as we end the interview. You'll be thinking about that later. I'm like, well, what, what the hell would I do with all that time? Uh, you have to have get you back ever in. had anyone that that could not answer it like me? <laughs> I have. I have had people say, "I, oh, okay. I really just don't know." Um, you know, so that has happened. So I'm not surprised by that answer because it is a tricky question. <laughs> so, um, but no, I think uh, you know. Last question, and we'll wrap up for the evening. But I do want to thank you, obviously, for your time this evening. I always ask all my guests if you could give one very strong piece of advice to someone that was like us once starting out and just happened to stumble upon the left-hand path, stumble upon Satanism and, and start to feel like they found their home, what would be the biggest piece of advice that you would give to someone just starting the path? Work hard at it. Work hard. And don't worry about all the, the little things. Don't don't sweat the small stuff. Work toward it. Be diligent. Stay close with Satanas. And I mean you you'll get exactly what you're shooting for. Whatever that objective is, you will get. It may not look the way that you thought it was going to look. But it's going to be successful and rewarding. That That's what I would say. No, and I think that is very good advice. So listen to that, folks out there. If you're you know just starting out, please take that advice and, and heed that, you know, and work off of that because that is going to be a great block to build from. Um, and we want to thank all of you for listening in tonight. Make sure you check out Alistair's work. And why don't you tell us the links that you would like to promote where we can find you at? Uh, AlistairKnocked.com. That's my website. And that'll lead you pretty much to everything else from YouTube to everything in between. So uh, you heard it, folks. Check out the website. Buy this man's books. Listen to his audio books. Drop him a message. Let him know what you think of the interview tonight. Now drop me a message and let me know. I tell everybody, uh, you know, if you are looking to give me feedback, you can message us at celestialoddities at gmail.com. Again, that is celestialoddities at gmail.com. You can message the Freighter Crow Facebook page or Knights of the Nephilim facebook page i'm always down to talk to all of you as as alistair we would love to hear from you give us advice let us know what you want to see us do see differently that's fine um, but we do want to thank all of you for listening in tonight and uh alistair once again brother thank you so much for coming on tonight thank you for having me i've had a great time me as well well listen folks 
Make sure you share this around, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks at our new time. Remember, 8.30 to 10 p.m. on Nights of the Nephilim starting in November. We're going to finish out with a few of our uh, highlights here to our other sponsors, and we'll see you guys all in two weeks at 8.30. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on Nights of the Nephilim. Knights of the Nephilim podcast would like to thank our sponsor, Aragni Arcane Services. Aragni Arcane Services is a husband and wife duo comprised of Baron and Baronessa Aragni. With over 40 years of practical experience, they are masters of the occult arts through various practices and paradigms, such as necromancy, high magic, black witchcraft, and more. They are published authors under their own publishing house, the Arcane Press. They offer books, courses, spell work, consultations, ritual tools, and more. All of their products are handmade of the highest quality material and empowered through ancient rites. If you wish to know more about them or their business, or you require their services, please feel free to contact them at aragnearcaneservices.com. That is aragne, A-R-A-I-G-N-E-E, arcaneservices.com. And if you use promo code KOTN, you will get 10% off of your overall order or purchase as a special highlight of them being a sponsor of this show. Thank you so much, guys. Knights of the Nephilim podcast would like to thank our sponsor, Belladonna's Botanicals. Belladonna's Botanicals is owned by Jennifer Vatsa, a left-hand path and poison path witch, certified aromatherapist, herbalist, perfumer, skincare formulator, an incense crafter who designs and has created a massive product line consisting of over 300 products with new ones being released every month. Belladonna's Botanicals provides high-quality handcrafted metaphysical and self-care products including flying ointments and oils, herbal tinctures and elixirs, herbal smoke blends, ritual oils, powders, incense, radionically charged crystals, ritual bath products, fragrances, and bath and body products. Jennifer draws inspiration from the spirits she works with, and they often have requests. Anecdotally adding that as she was creating her product lines for the Dark Goddesses and Demonic Gatekeepers, that King Paimon showed up requesting his own product line as well. She often directly channels what they would like to be included in their products, in addition to her own ritual workings, along with known correspondences. She also has a popular left-hand path-oriented YouTube channel where she posts content on everything from podcasts with other occultists to her gnosis from working with different spirits and various topics pertaining to her craft and creations. You can check out her product line at www.belladonnasbotanicals.com. Again, that is belladonnasbotanicals.com. Or check out her videos on YouTube by searching her name, Jennifer Vatza. That is V-A-T-Z-A. Thanks, Jen. Thank you.